0: And welcome to the third episode of DM's Book Club, a podcast. We, I know, we're back. Third time (laughs) lucky. Um, A podcast where we read about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how it might, how we might include it in our role playing games. My name's Fiona. I am one half of the DM Book Club team, and I'd like to introduce my other co-host, who's picked today's topic, Ryan Cook. Ryan, how are you?
1: I am also one half. How are you?
0: just what in general emotionally yeah, speaking
1: just in most things yeah just just one half of many things i'm useless by myself but my god in a pair mm-hmm. capable oh. i'm good i'm very good yeah it's been a chill week actually i've been enjoying working from home as ever mm-hmm. reading all about this lovely chapter of joy and love <laughs> and peace and harmony and all the things in between hey it's it's, it's even even this chapter i swear is more uh, positive and lovely than the mind flare chapter you included <laughs> last time around. I swear.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was just sort of a, like a behind the scenes thing. We we're filming this actually a few days late because originally when we had this planned, it was I believe it was somebody's birthday. and I know and annoyingly all of your friends were like we should hold a surprise zoom party and I was like well I know one date well he'll be free
1: (laughs) but the problem was is that I obviously it was some sort of surprise and I didn't realize it was happening so I was sat there like an absolute lemon with my book and my notes and everything like ready to go and I sat down and then suddenly there was all these people on the screen I was very confused I was like oh you will want to know about the blood war as well. <laughs>
0: Great. What a way to start. Yeah, I did think it would be a bit selfish. I was going, right, but we've got recording to do for an hour, so you guys can just hang on in. Like, <laughs> uh, But no, that was, it was a very, very lovely uh, Tuesday evening we had. It so. was
1: good fun. I really enjoyed it. It was uh, intense.
0: <laughs> intense partying on Zoom. That's That's how we like to roll.
1: Exactly.
0: So... Ryan, what topic are we talking about today and why have you chosen it?
1: So the first topic I picked, I, I sort of spoke about how in D&D, when I build campaigns and I put villains in, I really enjoy things that are not necessarily evil for the sake of evil. I like things that are a bit grey and neutral and muddied and... Just, you know, like real moral quandaries of, okay, there's this big bad, they're doing something. It's Mm -hmm. really horrible. People are dying. People are being kidnapped. And then you learn about it and you go, oh, that's why they're doing it. That Mm -hmm. changes things. And for me, when I first opened up the, so this is um, Warden Kynan's Tome of those, which Mm -hmm. I have to say, out of every book that has been released so far, this has possibly been the one that I've enjoyed the most. Interesting. Because it's got a real, real just dump of of (laughs) all kinds of lore and all kinds of like world building and all different pieces it's not full of stats it's not Mm. full of Mm. spells it's not full of all the technicalities of it it's purely a book about like interesting things Mm. and the first chapter about the blood war really stuck with me because on the face of it it is this horrible thing that is evil in every single way you could think about, different shades of evil, different colors of evil, all thrown in, and it is just evil. But it's not as evil as you would think when you think about it. And that's what I quite (laughs) enjoy about it. That's sort of, oh, that's an interesting one. And then you think about it for too long, and then you go, no, no, hang on, it is really evil. That's that's interesting. (laughs) So if you don't know about the Blood War, the thing you need to learn really quickly, and essentially 30 pages of book... teaches (laughs) you about this sorry it is a long chapter i I did not
0: when i opened it i was like oh it's fine just another 10 oh god
1: (laughs) it's it teaches you a long-winded the difference between a devil a demon and a fiend whereas fiends are the big sort of what they call the sort of gathering the, the the class of all of these entities a fiend is Uh, a a non-material plane, lower planes entity of evil that has multiple subclasses. And of those, devils and demons are two different subclasses. Now, often in fairy tales and myth and religion, as we see it in, in the world that we live in, devils and demons can kind of be like switched quite yeah, often there's interchangeable not interchangeable for sure yeah exactly there's not necessarily a difference but in D&D there is a huge difference and it's not only a difference of what they are but actually it's a difference where if you were to confuse the two they would get very grumpy with you as well <laughs> and it all boils down to the fact that the devils and the demons are two different types of evil devils are lawful evil they are planners manipulators um, they are bound in rules and order and hierarchy and they are evil because they thought about it and then they thought about it some more and they've gone, yeah, you know what? We love this. This is what we want to do. Demons are chaotic evil. They are the absolute antithesis of pure chaotic death, mm. destruction, real true evil for the evil's sake. They haven't thought about it. There's no logic. It's just <laughs> pure instinct. It, it is it's like the animalistic version. Mm. And on the face of it, these two different evils should at least ally or get on with each other. But no, they hate each other. And the Blood War is all about this endless, infernal battle between the devils and the demons and how that interacts with D&D and the material plane. And I don't know. I just think it's really interesting.
0: Yeah, I think, like, I am definitely one of those people, when we've had it in our campaign, when there's been an instance of a demon, no, a devil, that's popped up and I've gone... Is it the bad one? I can't tell. I mean, they're all bad, but it's like, is it—is it less bad than what we get? But I, from what I, when I was reading at it, instantly, it, maybe it's just the way my mind sort of processes things. Seeing the sort of organization and the order of uh, the devils, this reminded me so much of working in a company. <laughs> you have the <laughs> You're nine not levels. Far wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: God, that's a horrifying way of thinking it, about it, but it really is.
0: Like I think, like again, this is where I had to write it all up. So again, behind the scenes things, I write pages and pages of notes, which is essentially copying out the book. But it just helps me sort of balance, like trying to get all this knowledge in. And certainly, when you have nine, well, ten technically different sort of uh, devils, but all slightly different, but they all have their own sort of layers and stuff. So I think but there's the one where it's just like i would assume the legal department oh it's bals (laughs) above and it's just like all the laws are written there and all that sort of thing and then you've got asmodeus at the top in uh oh at the bottom sorry in nessus yeah at the bottom which is
1: also the top
0: yeah yeah
1: asmodeus he's again we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with trying to pronounce all of these different words (laughs) devils are difficult demons are even worse because it's just I swear they lose all sentence structure when they come up with things like this. But yeah, it it is really interesting. Devils are heavily organized. And actually, that is their true strength. The thing that you learn about the blood war quite quickly is that demons and devils hate each other. And and getting understanding of why is, is a really interesting thing, because it comes from two to two different selfish points of view. Devils they thrive on souls effectively, so in d and d you have this concept of you 've got mortal souls and then immortal souls, and pretty much most things that live in the outer planes of d and d are typically classed as either planar or immortal, so a lot of celestials fey, elementals beings, all of these things are immortal, and anything immortal it can only be destroyed if it's killed on its own native plane. And that's quite a crucial thing to remember. So you've got hell or the the seven hells of, of where the devils live. And then you've got the abyss. Mm. which is where the demons live. I, I see I always have to double check this. I always say seven. Exactly. It is seven. it's nine, isn't nine. it? Nine.
0: It's nine. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's nine. Doesn't matter how many times I learn that I always get that Well world.
0: and that and that's what I find one of the things interesting for me is that there's so much to it. And in the book as well it obviously talks about the 10 uh devils because there's one uh one level that has two of them essentially. Yeah. Um and and then obviously you have it all written out and then they go, "Okay, demons, the abyss is the abyss don't worry about it like you can't yeah. map it and then there's all these other things and i just feel like for me i obviously i'm like whoa it takes a lot it's a lot to process it. it's really good but then even with the the devils yes the devils they <laughs> okay. have lieutenants who are backstabbing and want to take over or or, or almost like a worm fungus type thing and they also get a mention and then also get their own stat blocks and it's like yeah oh my god there's so much and it can be quite interestingly. demons
1: are from a dm's point of view a lot easier to deal with and the abyss is a lot easier to deal with because it comes across in the book as like here are some steps with how the abyss works you know you enter it by this mechanism you then have to do this mechanism and then this happens Mm -hmm. and it doesn't go into the detail of what's in which layer what what happens in each sort of like area of the abyss because you just can't predict it yeah. And because of that, it actually takes a lot of the issue of trying to so run away. so much strain off, yeah. Exactly. If you have a look at the Descent into Avernus like campaign, you will see the complexity of actually trying to do a campaign in hell. Mm. Because hell is horrific and it's complicated and it's so full of rules that you have to think about it very, very long and hard. But the, the general gist of it is that the devils want to take over everything. They believe that they are the best most powerful most righteous rulers of the multiverse and actually because the devils are so organized and because they are so just absolutely meticulous in how they do things how they steal souls and recruit more followers and tempt people and generally corrupt people they would they would have the power to to take over absolutely everything if it wasn't for the demons. Now, the demons want to do exactly the same thing, but from the abyss, they just want to consume. Mm -hmm. There are these things called demon princes or or, or sort of greater demon lords that come through, which essentially the longer a demon spends in this horrible warping abyss, the more powerful it gets, the more twisted it gets. And eventually these lords are developed that can essentially um, sort of mind control, very, very similar to sort of like a mind flayer-esque sort of thing that we were talking about last week mm-hmm. a demon lord just sort of creates this sort of i you've got to follow me effects around other demons and they seek to leave the abyss and consume everything and annoyingly for the devils demons are more powerful than devils and all the way through this chapter that is made very evident the abyss is much stronger and much more horrifying than nine hells if you took an average devil even an average, like devil leader of a particular level, you know, a layer of the nine, uh, an actual, you know, as for instance, mm. and you took him and put him against one of the most powerful demons, he would lose hands down. Yep. Demons are more powerful, more corrupt, tougher to kill, and generally just horrifying. Mm. But they're disorganized, they're chaotic, they can't work together, and because of that, it's like this horrible beast with about seven million heads that thrashes out of everything it can, including itself. Mm. And because of that, the devils know that they have to keep it in check, because if they don't keep it in check, and they take over everything, then the demons would effectively attack the devils and, and, and win, and they can't stop it. So they have to stop the demons from getting out. And the demons have this sort of horrible realization as well, that every time they break out, the devils will come and kill them. So they need to take the the devils out as well. Um, It's this sort of weird, hilarious balance between the two, where you've got two entities that want to take over the world, but they know they can't whilst the other one exists. And because of that, they fight. And because of that, evil is sort of effectively kept largely in check, just Mm. killing itself.
0: Yeah, it's it's described as like this great dance where one uh, one group like gains an advantage, but there's a weak point in their defences elsewhere and it's constantly shifting and changing. And for me, what came through is like, again, it's like, as I, I guess what this whole book is about, really, the uh, Tomb of Foes, is that um, you have this sort of, This cosmic battle going on that most people on the material plane probably aren't aware of. It's just in the background, very sort of Avengers esque. Like, I'm just thinking Mm. about like the end of that first film where it just, the, the sky rips open and these aliens come and only the Avengers can stop it. Or, um, Oh, what was the other one I was thinking of? I've forgotten it now. But I, I want, going back to Demons, there was a great quote that I, I had to write down, which I thought was brilliant. It was like, being lord of Part of the Abyss is like being the biggest maggot on this dung heap. <laughs> I was just like, because it's true, like exactly what you said, like each demon is out for themselves. They don't care about the other demons. They just want everything. And it's a great, like if you're rolling up demon uh, minor characters, I think it's just their flaw It's the same no matter what you roll. I'll have to look it up now. But it's uh oh yeah, demon bonds, one to six. I'm a perfect product of creation, destined to be one day shape the cosmos to my whims. Everything I do verifies my destiny. And that that's all their bonds. You don't get yeah. to choose. And I thought that was excellent.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really, really good. And and demons are horrifying. I mean, the abyss is this endless chaotic shifting plane it's not like limbo limbo has been around in dnd for a long time and is this plane where it is so chaotic anybody with a strong will can kind of bend the plane to their own thought um it's very yeah very sort of sci-fi-esque or if you if you were big and powerful in in limbo and you stood somewhere and you said i don't like the look of that mountain you went "Mm," with your mind you could move the mountain the abyss isn't like that it kind of gets warped by the demons themselves and the demons get warped by it and there's this horrifying concept that once a demon breaks through into another plane if it's not stopped or, or checked, then that abyssal taint comes with it. Mm. And just like sort of dropping oil into a bucket of water, it just slowly spreads and spreads and spreads until the abyss gets a foothold in the plane of existence that it's currently sat in. A portal opens, more demons come through, that accelerates the process. Eventually, a lord comes through, which organizes it. And before you know it, the demons have taken over the plane. And as soon as that happens, it becomes this, richard, abyssal, horrible place. Mm -hmm. And then before you know that, it doesn't exist anymore. It is Mm -hmm. just the abyss, and it is yet another layer of the abyss. And that's the horrifying thing. The demons cannot really be stopped. As soon as they get a foothold somewhere, that's it. You know, once a portal is opened, people have got to watch that portal for all of eternity. You know, short of a wish spell, you can't get rid of that abyssal taint. It's just stopping it from getting worse. They are horrifyingly powerful, And the devils know that if if the demons are left unchecked, every single world out there eventually will just get taken over and taken over and taken over. And eventually all there will be are the nine hells and the abyss. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, there's no point in ruling over it because there's nothing to rule over. It it would just be the end of the world as, as we know it. So the devils try and stop that. And, and equally, the demons know that they can't achieve their perfect, as you say, their perfect bond, which is just to create a creative world around themselves. If the devils exist, because again, they will stop it. And yeah, I just I I love the imagery of the abyss, that horrifying, the fact that that, that it isn't just a plane in itself; it is a multitude of other planes that mm. over the years have fallen, and worlds that used to exist and, and no longer, mm. and and little pockets where where princes and and lords fight amongst each other and eventually one will take over and as you say it's impossible to map it because you don't know who's in charge and for how long Mm -hmm. it's um it's just pure chaos
0: yeah, and there's a lot to play with that as well. The other bit I did find really interesting, I put down in my notes, that, so yeah, you seem to have these two sides, uh, the devils and the demons fighting against each other, but there's also something called the balance, which is almost like a third party, where they also realise this sort of connection that this sort of great dance is that if one side wins and the other side sort of loses and then everyone loses. So the balance is usually uh, from what I understand a group of adventurers, but mostly high powered arcane users and wizards and stuff who will change their sort of um, goals or to, to help one side and then the other, making sure that this con- is always in the balance. So Mordekainen's one, I think Bigby's another one, uh, are sort of people who are helping us. And what was interesting, I found, is that this sort of character, if you are dedicating your life to the balance, you are not a good person. You change, you know, who you're helping Depending on how the system is. And so it looks like you are just constantly changing sides and Mm. your uh, motives are usually hidden because you don't want to hurt people. So you've become sort of almost like an outcast, almost like an exile. And so for me, that brings up images of sort of Van Helsing uh, from from the terrible 2004 film uh, that you're trying to help people but also keep secret and keep them safe by, you know, keeping away from people. And I just thought that was just such an interesting concept that if a, a party of adventurers had met, the balance who was helping them and then suddenly betrayed them at the last minute. Of course, you'd feel hurt, but actually it's because they have higher goals, higher aims to keep this Mm. cosmic thing in balance, which is beyond everyone of us. You are just a tiny speck in this
1: I would interject quickly that that was Hugh Jackman's greatest role. I
0: agree! (laughs) Utterly
1: about what... uh, It was (sighs) a brilliant film. But you're right, yeah, the balance is this really weird concept. All the way through this chapter, there are constant references to this could be a tipping point in the war and all of these different things. If a devil, and there is, um, one of the devils is sort of rumored to, sorry, one of the demons is rumored to have eventually been a devil to start with. Mm. Um, and, and, and supposedly shifted over. It is the God, the demon of hedonism, which is grads. There we go. Yes. And, there's this rumor that once it was a devil and it became a demon and it became a very powerful demon lord and if that were to happen again the demons may have the power to break through the devils and equally if a demon were to be taken hostage or controlled with these sort of amulets, amulets these soul yeah. amulets they create um in order to stay immortal then the devils would get a you know they, they would win um mm. and yeah the balance is this horrifying thing you may think that the demons, this abyssal taint is absolutely just horrible and the demons across the multiverse need to be destroyed. But if you did that, then there would be nothing for the devils to fight. And then the devils would gather their strength and then they would take over all of mortal life as it was. And the same, if the devils were, were, were defeated, yeah, nothing would stop the demons. And I, I love that balance because it, it gives you all kinds of things to play with. As you say, the balance itself is... Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Horrifying. Because you may, it may look like somebody is setting fire to an orphanage and then running away and you think that's a terribly evil thing. <laughs> but actually that fire kills some children of which one becomes a devil and that devil becomes a lieutenant. And eventually that lieutenant stops a particular demon incursion on the material plane, that stops the material plane from falling. So they, they play this sort of weird game. Yeah, yeah,
0: it it makes me think quite a lot of like Game of Thrones, the idea of all this politics going around, and like I I, I do not have a head for it at all. So it's it's just that sort of thing going. They are they move in mysterious ways, but sometimes you don't know if it's if it is a genuine thing to do the to go against the demons and devils because it does say I think at some point it talks about like obviously if you want to get more power, then the balance is a good way to go about it because you are learning and you're trying to control things. So it is also for selfish. Uh, objectives as well. But uh, We'll we'll move on slightly. So I want to know, Ryan, who are your sort of standout, like say top three devils and demons, if you have any?
1: (laughs) Well, I I like the story of Zariel, I must Mm -hmm. say, And, and she's used quite a lot in The Descent from Avernus, but it's this idea of a angel that fell and became one of the most powerful devils and the current ruler of Osmodius, which is the first layer of hell. And there is this constant debate as to whether or not she fell and lost all of her humanity and good and became this horrible, you know, bloodthirsty devil killer, or whether she actually ascended and took the the, the bullet effectively. She, she took the sacrifice for everybody else because she knew that she was needed to fight in the blood war, and without her, the demons would take over everything so maybe she did the the best good act i quite like that one that's mm. that's interesting um i'd say all of my favorites are the devils i must say the demons are there are sort of various ones that again and, and these these remind me of things from from when i was an absolute small child and mm-hmm. and still reading about it like orcas has always been around as this yeah. horrible undead monstrosity and uh jubilex which basically Duplex. is just this huge <laughs> sludgy sort of spongy, I, I don't even know how you describe them, just sort of big ooze.
0: It's an ooze with way too many eyes. So you're like, oh no. <laughs> but I like a lot of my
1: favorite devils are the ones that caught caught up with Asmodeus. Um because that's the thing, just like demons fight each other, and because they always you know they can't actually get any order to them. That's kind of the demon's own weaknesses devils are organized but reluctantly so Mm. and the devils are constantly plotting and trying to kill each other and the ones that plot against Asmodeus tend to not do very well (laughs) and Levistus is one of those who you know rose up and or attempted to rise up against um, Asmodeus and in the typical very fairy tale like way he was punished but made to serve so he wasn't destroyed he was trapped and frozen and given this responsibility to help people who in themselves are incarcerated or stuck in, in situations they can't get out of in, in Levistus's case frozen in a giant glacier which mm. I mean, all, all these kind of icy references come into the spells on the, in the player's handbook. I think uh, the, the tomb of Levistus is one of the warlock spells. Yes. I think I've seen or one of the invocations you can mm. see. So I've always liked Livestus. Um and I think probably my favorite, just because it doesn't make much sense is the Dual layer, the Farina and Belial. Oh, um, yeah,
0: yeah, they're all really <laughs> weird, isn't it?
1: <they? laughs> it's the only plane ruled by two mm. arch devils, um, and they sort of have this weird relationship as two immortals do, where they're either father and daughter, or mother and son, or married couple or brother and sister nobody can quite work it out but they can't exist without the other Mm. even though they're constantly trying to kill each other and they hate each other utterly unless somebody tries to kill them in which case they both drop everything and then (laughs) come up and then kill whoever's trying to kill them it's it's this weird hilarious like system of justice they've got it's brilliant
0: yeah i Levistas for me came up as quite because, again for me, when you anyone you say of hell or Avernus, certainly like I know Avernus is sort of based on Mad Max Fury Road and that sort of like all you see is like deserts and heat and stuff. And then you get to sort of La Vista, I uh where I say it wrong, Stigia. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's just it's just ice. It's like the Antarctic and that is such a for me it's such a incredible thing, like a, a frozen wasteland. And like you said, the he La Vistas sort of Offers deals to people who need can't escape at the last minute. So if, whether it's through death or, or the punishment, also going to offer that deal, and they get that. It's, and it's I just love that sort of the sort of parallel between it. I just think it's such an incredible uh, sort of uh, idea for a story. But and then with La Vista as well, he has a a uh, uh, an rival is the word I'm looking for, uh, which I cannot pronounce. Uh, I. Grace, well, um, Yes, Grayson. Yes, who he basically they again it's similar to how the, sort of the leadership of this level came back and forth between the two, and then the Vistus won, uh, but then was punished by Atmosius, and so is encased in the glacier as you described. But he's mm-hmm. still, the ruler of this level, and Grayson is sort of like constantly trying to find where he is and i I will destroy him once and for all because he's trapped inside the glacier i was like that's really cool because you've got that sort of frankenstein frankenstein monster type thing where they're on the ice and oh i I just love that sort of image yeah
1: yeah you know there is a devil for every situation and there's an arch (laughs) devil for every situation just they specialize in just corrupting and taking souls and Mm. it doesn't matter what your what your weakness is whether you're trapped or whether you're greedy or whether you're hungry for power or whether you want revenge or you want to get around the rules there is an arch archdevil for you and they will find you if you are persuadable and that's what I quite like mm. it's uh you know there is this argument that they are just fueling the blood war and keeping the demons at bay but also they are Doing horrible things to get to that point. So yeah, and
0: the the other thing that, again, I I appreciate this is clearly written for for people like me who are like, but where are the women and all that sort of thing? But there's a section on it talking about gender and devils, and it just says right at the top, gender is insignificant. Like mm. they don't they don't care devils, you know, because it's a shifting paradox. But they're like, oh, I guess for these adventurers, if I need to appear to them, I guess if it helps. I'll take on this form. And it's just like I I actually underlined it. It's like gender is just sort of another tool for devils to get what they want. Yeah. And I thought that's such a powerful way of going about it. Like yeah, so like
1: immortals all- don't they don't breed they don't, you know, create themselves like like we do. It is purely they exist from souls and souls are all that important. Uh, yeah, and at the end, there's this brilliant... It just says, such expressions can't encompass the complexities of the strange relationships formed by beings of immortal evil. And I was like, oh, immortal evil. That's such a it's great just, way of putting yeah,
0: it. Yeah, and I just, I just feel like it's, it's just interesting how you could... All these, obviously, they are assigned sort of, you know, he and she pronouns or whatever, but you could just change it all. It doesn't, and I think that's the the key thing, like, all this sort of, I know we're going to say this a lot for all these episodes, but, like, these are just ideas. This is what they've come up with, but you could just interchange who they are and what, if you want to have them all sort of female presenting devils, you can do that, or or use they, them, or anything like that. Going on to demons, now, (laughs) I, I... so this the one one criticism I would have of all of this is that I, I I think like yourself there's always like a demon or a devil for for anything and I quite like that but always seems to be they always uh, sort of come out as like oh they're very angry or it's a minotaur s with lots of strength and stuff so mm. my favourite demon which again apologies for pronouncing it completely like rubbishly is uh, Zutimoi Zugamoi <laughs> it's the demon queen of fungi. And yes. I used to have like so. My background on my desktop is all the D and D wallpapers that change, and it always used to go to her. And I didn't know who she was for ages. I was like, God, what a weird fae she is! All this funky, oh, <laughs> but it's so cool. Oh, oh no, yeah. <laughs> it's so much worse. She than wants that.
1: to absorb everything, every, everything in the entire multiverse into one large organic fungus and mm. rule over it all. It's yeah, uh, yeah the de- demons are as you say, they're more simple because they, the only thing they can think about is the fact that they are perfect and they are the center of everything and should be the center of everything. And that's kind of what unites demons. Is that every single one wants to rule for themselves, but why, how, and for what purpose is very different between them all. Yeah, you're right. There, there is a demon for everybody. The thing I like about it is it quite clearly says that unlike the devils who are regimented and there are known devils in known places the demons. I mean, the, the 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 abyss is so horrifyingly large and infinite that there are an infinite amount of demonic sort of lords and princes and and all these creatures, mm. and you just don't. We don't know all of them, I and mean, mm. it gives you free reign to sort of make this horrifying challenge rating twenty three to twenty six creation that yeah. will come and kill people at the end of the campaign. I mean, these things are horrifyingly powerful, like really, really powerful.
0: And that, that sort of actually goes on to my next thing. So uh, you mentioned, obviously, Descent into Avernus, but there's also, um, I'm sure you are aware of it, but there's a, there's Out of the Abyss, which was one of the earlier modules, which is about demons in the sense that your adventuring party gets taken into the Underdark and they escape, but then you discover that certain demon lords, such as the Demigorgon, Zutomoi, and Jubilex have all been unleashed, and you have to go mm. and solve this. And obviously, through looking at the stat blocks, these are like even and and, and to me, It's only certain stat blocks have been released for certain. So certainly, Zariel's one has been released because obviously mm. you're most likely to face. And that's the thing. I think some of the some of the what's described is really good, but it's if your if your party or your your sort of a campaign, if you're going to include them, if the party sees them, they're pretty much dead. That's the impression mm. I've got, and that that's really cool. But I think it comes back to having games like this having when it's when your party realizes that there is a much bigger battle going on and they're involved in it in some way certainly in descent to Avernus, you have that where they have to go travel down to the first layer i think this is the sort of thing where you might need to sit down with your players and say look this is a big deal Mm. (laughs) and not and not be like because i feel sometimes i think we've discussed it previously with other players is that it's, it's, they, these things are so cool, so lore-heavy and really exciting. But if your players aren't on board with it, it's going to be very hard for them to, to, to enjoy it. But also if they make a mistake, if they're just being silly about it, and obviously games that are silly, that's totally fine. I'm not, I don't want to be like, your fun is wrong. It's totally not wrong. But if you're running Descent into Avernus and they muck up in front of Zaryal, they're dead like and and you can't pull punches so i think for me it's one of those one one of those games where you have to sit down and say look we're going to play a game it's going to be intense it's going to be a lot of fun but you have to buy into it and i feel for me if i was going to run one of these campaigns or have this sort of cosmos thing maybe what i do in session zero and this is just me being one of those awkward planners is have like a, a cheat sheet and say okay your adventurers know these Gods or these devils exist, you don't know much about them, but you know the names and yeah. you know that these people are bad. Mm. And you don't, and obviously, if they go, Oh, I want to find out more about this one, then they can roll for it. Because I think sometimes I certainly go into games and I go, Oh, I've heard the name. I think that's bad, but I don't know.
1: <laughs> you don't know how bad, though. That's mm. the thing. Yeah. And actually, you're you sort of you're, you're going on an interesting point, which is how do you get devils and demons into your game? And it sort of broadly splits into two, two different ways you can do it. And that's devils and demons on the material plane and then you in their home planes. And the latter, yeah, it's a very, very different concept because Mm -hmm. devils and demons will always be on the material plane in whatever form. Devils always are trying to recruit souls. They're trying to kill demons on the material plane to stop them from getting footholds. They're trying to amass wealth, power, magical artifacts, all these things. Demons just like to snack, so they're always going to be there in, <laughs> in some form as well. Mm. So a material plane encounter typically can encounter, you, mean, you you could have a roving or lone individual, a devil or a demon that is doing something and is by themselves. You have demonic uh, or sort of the abyssal taints mm-hmm. that could be opened. A portal may have opened. Uh, demons may have been attempting to, to take root and are... Uh, trying to sort of break free, a devil could be loose in the city with nobody stopping it, just mm. siphoning souls. Or more interestingly, and, and quite common, cults are one of the biggest things on the material plane that that are sort of linked to, to the abyss and, and the hells. Mm. You get these cults of mortals who are either tricked, stupid, or in some way lost, and find themselves worshipping these evil entities and start to bring them forward in whatever horrifying way that Mm. that it does effectively so a material plane encounter is one thing you've got to know what are you dealing with what is their true goal always remember that a demon yes it wants to fight but really it's trying to consume and it's trying to spread it's abyssal influence that's that's kind of its most important point especially Mm. if it's a it's a higher ranking demon devil's They may want to fight, but they're cleverer than that. They want to, Mm -hmm. you know, they may have a goal. They may be trying to achieve something. Always keep that in mind. And interestingly as well, both creatures on the material plane, because they're outside of their home worlds, they can't be killed. If they die, they just get sent back to their plane and they effectively respawn Mm -hmm. after a little while. And then they could, in theory, come back. Although, actually, weirdly, traveling from... Hell and the abyss to the material plane is very, very difficult. They demons and devils can't do it themselves; they have to be brought through, or they have to be effectively left a door open for them to come through. They can't transport themselves through. And that's that's always an interesting thing as to why they're not more. Yeah, but running a campaign in hell or yeah. in the abyss. Now that is different. <laughs>
0: Would that be something you would consider at all? If we if we weren't doing TBA Mondays, would you try and do one? like a, a Descent into Vernus, I know, is the one go-to one, but even just mm-hmm. make a, your own where you go into the abyss.
1: It's difficult in the sense that you are moving into an environment that has incredibly powerful creatures in it. You know, the material plane has very high level creatures dragons are a big example of a challenge rating 20 plus creature that can appear and breathe fire or lightning or ice and then then sod off and that's uh (laughs) you know that's always difficult to deal with but but hell and the abyss are full of these horrifying creatures and Mm. don't forget every single person every single dm that runs a game of D and D, any any single homebrew world that they have, that is like a different material plane. Mm. And as it's written in D and D, there is only one Nine Hells, there is only one Abyss, and they feed off every single plane that's ever existed. So oh the, the numbers in these things are horrifyingly mm-hmm. large. I mean, you've got to think the Nine Hells can absorb every single soul from alexandria the forgotten realms eberron um all, all these different planes of existence even down to Zerios uh, and you know <laughs> the yeah exactly so, so the numbers are terrifying if you go mm. down to hell you could be faced with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of devils and unlike on the material plane they will all focus around you and try and kill you mm. and because of that you have to make these things high level encounters there has to be a mm. reason why you are down there I personally wouldn't advise running a campaign in either the Abyss or in Hell below level sort of 11 would be where I would draw the line. That's where players generally get their more advanced class abilities. They get 6th level spells, which can provide pretty good protections against these sort of things. And you've got to have a good reason to do it. Like, if you do a campaign in Hell, every single creature wants to take your soul so you have to have a reason a a patron a sponsor a devil that is protecting you that has summoned you there that is looking after you whilst you're there it's complicated
0: Mm, definitely and i think for me like you said before looking at between the two i feel like for me role-playing a devil because I'm very bad at outwitting anyone. So the idea that the bargaining thing, because obviously players, you give them a bargain, they'll try and weasel their way out of it. So you have to constantly be sort of second-guessing, third-guessing them. So there's that element to it. So for me, I'd be like, okay, maybe not so much because that requires a lot of thought power. But then looking at demons and the sort of their planes, because not only, and I know obviously devils do have this as well, but having lairs, so like looking at uh, Zutomoy's lair, like mm-hmm. she's got several different actions with like sort of the mushrooms that like she can go out, do these sort of spore actions where they can infect uh, the party and turn them into sort of uh, charmed effectively. So you have that. So I feel like the abyss, you have a lot more to the sort of flexibility and creativity with lair actions, but also they have a thing, which I am on the fence about, but it's madness tables. So within, I think three or four miles of their lair, if you're, you know, if you're, in within one mile of the lair for one hour you roll and if you fail and it's usually quite a high DC like a 23 mm. wisdom saving you get one of these effects and it's not usually like I will kill everyone but you it's a certain sort of personality thing you get and then you get to save uh, I think every 24 hours or, so. or if you've saved on it you're immune for 24 hours there's been a lot of talk in the tabletop community about using madness as a mechanic like certainly call a Cthulhu is one for that you know whereas because obviously now you're thinking like oh madness is probably not a nice term to call someone who's clearly mentally ill so I'm that's the issue I have is using a table like that I I don't know whether to call it madness or just to add paranoia I don't know it feels something that I don't know enough about and I don't know if I'd feel uncomfortable about it but it adds to the fact that suddenly you know you are in a chaotic space that you do not understand of course you're going to think different things and you're going to suspect other people but whether that's madness or not i that's that's the mm. issue i have is terminology i don't know if you had any thoughts on that at all
1: I, I think it's all about drawing a line as to what is a long-term and a short-term thing that has been quite specifically put by some sort of magical force i think it's difficult because the real world it has a lot of very scary things and a lot of things that people can have wrong with them and a lot the issues people to deal with and those will inevitably get reflected in dnd and in various things and i think the important thing to do is to be able to not take these things trivially, but to not let them uh, get get blended too much where, where there is sort of no real intention. And I think demons and madness are, it is like a sort of Cthulhu thing, as you say, it, it's this inability to understand and this sort of raw uh, effect that is given on people. And yeah, maybe madness isn't, isn't the right thing. This sort of eldritch horror, this sort of, mm abyssal influence on you maybe just refer to it as an abyssal taint or an yeah. abyssal condition or or something along those if you want to avoid the madness phrase but i think the one thing that we're getting better at is actually keeping the word madness to things like dnd where it's it, it is it does describe it quite well and we're starting to move away from using madness as a more generic um sort of catch-all as a medical condition because mm-hmm. i think that's that groups people together more. And I think that does probably more harm than, mm. than, than, you know, talking about demons, maybe very broad brushing it. I don't know, but <laughs> as you say, you making sure that we use correct definitions
0: and. and, and yeah. Like,
1: uh, people. Uh, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like, it's, like a, it's a conversation. Obviously I, I bring up, I have no answer to it and I don't expect you to have an answer to it, but I think it's one of those things where I'm becoming more and more aware of it. Just the way to say things and, and just like, just making aware that, you know, because yeah it's one of those things where it's it's very hard to talk about because i don't have an answer but it's Mm. something that i am increasingly more aware of it but yeah i think it's basically just not diminishing madness or whatever as a game mechanic that you are being you know like you are being influenced by this this chaotic thing but it's it's i don't know it's it's yeah it's that's it's just not don't diminish the concept as we know it i guess
1: yeah exactly (laughs)
0: So uh, moving on then a little bit, how how would you or have you implemented sort of a, a Blood War-esque type thing into your campaigns? Or have you any elements or demons and devils in general? I
1: think we've, in our particular campaign, we've seen demons really on one major occasion where you came across an abyssal opening, effectively a portal that had been created and you had to well, go and root it out, close it as best you can and, and sort of stop this thing from Look spreading. And, exactly. So, so you've encountered demons. I, I've never personally put devils into a campaign that I've run sort of specifically. We, we, we've had lots of occasions of demons in, in, or, or fiends generally. Mm. But I think the way you go about it is devils, are, devils can come up a lot in bargains and they are brilliant at or giving boons and giving gifts to their followers, especially those who are greedy. So if you've got a villain or you've got a party who are trying to take power or you've got an undercover cult or thieves guild or something, you can quite easily introduce a devilish pact of some kind with that group where a devil has got their hands in and are sort of slowly influencing via this cult And you've got like the sort of additional thing that you can add in. Um, I think abyssal openings and and portals are quite a fun way of introducing demons into a campaign. Demonic boons are are more complicated. The followers of demons tend to be more unhinged and Mm -hmm. they tend to be, you know, more um, interesting characters, whereas Mm -hmm. devils can make uh, very clear pacts and, and and deals with people. Demonic boons tend to be you surrender your soul to a demon and it gives you a lot more benefit. You know, the powers that demons can give are are hugely increased over the powers that um devils can give to an extent, mm. but they are more at a whim. Mm. You know, you have to stay in the demon's good book. So mm. you may have a, a cult um or a demonic abyssal influence on a group of creatures that were already in your campaign a a good way to think about it is if you've got monsters monstrosities beasts you can quite easily put abyssal influences on those things and at the end there's sort of customization tables and different Mm. um, demonic boons at the end that could be given to creatures to make them a bit worse than they would normally be so that that would be a good place to start Mm. um descent into Avernus is a good place to look if you want to have a look into the first layer of hell but i would say if you want to do uh, an introduction to a sort of outside plane adventure I would stick with the abyss and I would do it such that you were in the abyss either accidentally or deliberately and you were in a small pocket of the abyss and you know getting there is, is you know you need plane magic that's fine once mm-hmm. you're in you don't know where you are you get teleported to a random place so you can describe this sort of little encounter space as you want to it could be any form of like corrupted cathedral, a big chasm, any environment you want just horrifyingly abyssal. They have to find a portal that can then be tuned to where they want to go. And then there can be a a heist, uh, an assault, a a stealing of treasure, you know, some sort of thing as to why you're in the abyss. I would say a demon prince may have taken an artifact and you've got to Mm seal it from under their nose and get out of there before you can. Mm the abyss is great because you can design it as you want it to be you just have to remember that with any demonic or or devilish campaign you have to constantly give that impression that if it went bad it would go bad really quickly because the numbers are against you and you know they all want to kill you Mm -hmm. so it it rewards intelligent play and planned Mm -hmm. play um and high level play i would say
0: <laughs> yeah like i i was thinking when i was thinking about this like so i've i've had very little to do with uh, i've had very little to do with demons and devils <laughs> um <laughs> as one does but i i feel like like i said the thing that struck me right from the beginning is that there's so much of this and i feel quite a few the demons and, and devils like so i'm like oh these are really cool oh these are very similar so i was wondering like for me if i was going to Again, it's that sort of thing. if I, if it was my sort of campaign, I wanted to, if I wanted to replace anything, I would take sort of the structure of the, the Nine Hells, put it into sort of just simple sort of seven deadly sins, have those different sort of uh, devils and sort of maybe squish some together, take some out, and then run it or have that sort of idea as that sort of pantheon of, the, of devils, and then have a dungeon or a sort of a, uh, a what I would call a... Not battle royale, but that sort of sort of thing on on a on a plane where you'd have like seven tasks or seven sort of obstacles to overcome, and each of them are represented by sort of the sort of the not virtues. What is it called? The sort of the, the vices of each one, and give that sort of clues to them. So maybe just using that a little bit will be interesting. Certainly, that might, might apply more to demons than, than devils. Mm. Uh The other thing I was thinking of is. Actually, just having a cosmic battle anyway in your campaign, like we talked about it before with Mind Flayers. Like is this something you'd have from the beginning when creating your your long-term world or goal? I think if you were going to have a cosmic battle, it's something that you have to have right from the beginning, have it like eons and eons ago, rather than mm-hmm. it's happening right now, it's starting tomorrow, that's, that's not going to work. But I wondered if it's something, again, where you can create, but it's something your players may never, ever discover. There was a, a picture that I sent you, <laughs> on on our whatsapp where it was just like i don't know some sort of creature underneath when it was like the law and, sort of, and then its fingers are pointing out and it's like what the players discover yeah and i was just like god it just feels like it because you have all this stuff in your head which is really cool and you, that's why this podcast is really fun for me because i can just chat about it but it's stuff that you could put into a campaign and that they never discover but when they start to unravel stuff and you can see them sort of putting the pieces together that it must be an incredible thing. Like, I know that's happened for you when you've planned stuff 30, 40 sessions ago, and then we go, Wait, what if it's this? And then it sort of blows all of our tiny little minds as players, and you just yeah. sit there going, I've fucking done it. Like,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, a bit, that's a luxury I get to play with because we've, we've played for so long now that there are, yeah, there are things that I planned before session zero that now we're looking at it in session 80 something and still there are things that you haven't found there's a lot of stuff that you haven't found that i've maybe not given hints towards but i'm looking forward to when you find it the stuff you found (laughs) that sort of clicks in and you're like oh yeah that's great and yeah any any sort of um proper evil that you throw in through demons and and devils it can be a little bit like that because it doesn't matter what's happening in your campaign this stuff has been going on before that it will go on after it Mm -hmm. um and then it's sort of like a double-edged adventure because if you do something that influences this blood war too much, you may find a second encounter coming shortly after where you get approached by the balance who then tell you, no, 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 now you've got to fix it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, getting the balance involved would be quite good. I like that. And getting recruited by them. That could be good.
1: Um,
0: I think sort of the final thing I've got on here is, like, is there anything you would recommend in general similar things about uh, like cosmic battles or having like a great big sort of um, uh, like cataclysmic event that sort of has two warring sides in it at all or even just demons and devils in general is there anything you would point towards and go oh that would be a good inspiration that's not necessarily from uh, the D&D books
1: oh that's a good question I think I mean this this particular book this, this Mordenkainen's book has multiple examples of races that don't necessarily get on mm. elves and drow dwarves and Durga um the Gith and Gith. can uh, see oh, maybe maybe it would be great if we did a session on this sort of stuff oh but, I don't um, know <laughs> <laughs> but like there are hundreds of different examples of of sort of people that that fight I'm just trying to think of i mean demons versus devils is very much a d and d sort of thing like mm. more typically it's it's devils and angels isn't it? angels mm-hmm. and devils and that fight between good and evil and that's an interesting one where you've got like a triangle of angels want to kill anything evil and anything evil wants to kill anything good but also the evil wants to kill itself mm. um and there is always a sense in D that good is not as powerful as evil but good will always organize itself better mm. than evil and good will always win so playing with that idea can always be quite fun
0: yeah, that that's pretty much what I got in terms of sort of suggestions and stuff. Like, because like you said, demons versus devils is very a D and D role playing sort of thing. So I was thinking like, what what have I seen that has that sort of element of good versus evil? There's uh, Constantine, the film and the books, where you have Keanu Reeves. That's not his name in the books, but uh, <laughs> he he's obviously he has the ability to see demons and is trying to exercise them and stop the end of the world. But you have Tilda Swinton, as I call her, but plays Gabriel, who is sort of, acts almost like a Zariel sort of figure, sort of is, is trying to have the birth of the Antichrist happen. Sorry, spoilers if you've not seen this film or read the books, by the way. <laughs> uh, but it's really, really, it's really interesting because again, because I guess, I, I'm a massive Tilda Swinton fan. Maybe we'll just change the podcast to that about me talking about Tilda, Tilda Swinton. <laughs> but again, that sort of idea of having um, an angel on side or, or an ally, but is actually acting under other means because because they think they are trying to control the balance whereas you know they're actually acting for their own sort of ends there's darksiders i don't know if you've ever played that game where it's like a war between heaven and hell and you play one of the horsemen of the apocalypse you play war and oh
1: i think another one
0: Yeah, yeah yeah and you you die <laughs> and then you were, you were going to punish because you started the apocalypse and you didn't. So you're sent back to Earth to try and find out who, who did it. And then again, it's that sort of what's going on, who's going on? It's got Liam O'Brien, who, who plays war, and then it's got Mark Hamill, who plays sort of your weird assistant, like a horrible goody type thing that's Lovely. definitely yeah, like a jester, a jester. It's like the Joker voice, essentially. And then finally, I've just got down Mac, Mad Max Fury Road again. Great film. <laughs> just watch it. <laughs> That's
1: just, a... just great film. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you could you could add in, um, oh, what is uh, Kate Beckinsale, vampires and werewolves and all oh, that well, sort of stuff? Un- underworld? Underworld. Oh, yes. That's a classic film, isn't it? Oh, Terrible it's... film, but classic.
0: Hey, hey, it's great. Oh, entertaining,
1: um, put it yes, that way.
0: Very entertaining. <laughs> Great. Oh, well, thank you for that, Ryan. I, I've learned so much more about blood and war and, and the difference between devils and demons, even though oh, I still yes. get it mixed up, so it's great. So thank you for that.
1: No worries.
0: So would you like to know what's the next topic that I'm making us read?
1: I'll go on then. Yeah, um, I would love to know. What do you? you? If I could guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you could guess, and I haven't seen <laughs> me typing <laughs> randomly into our stuff. So um, interesting, you mentioned the gif and the Gif Yankee and the Gif Zari, um, because they are also in Molokainen's Tomb of Foes, and their sort of relationship between each other and obviously the relationship to the Mind Flayers. So next time, we were looking at the chapter, the Gif and their Endless War.
1: Ooh, very
0: exciting yes it's gonna be great uh ryan is there anything you would like to plug any sort of big social happenings or i don't know any discords that seem to have like just appeared out of nowhere
1: oh well you know it's been a it has been a busy few weeks actually yeah you should you should come find me on on youtube i'm ursa ryan um we also have tba mondays and and ursa ryan has a discord now so you should come and say hello and, and join in um but there's also, what have you done, got up to? You know, what are you up to, What, are what you am doing? I up
0: to? Me? Uh, so I run, obviously, What Am I Rolling? A twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. Uh, I'm still working on it. So there's <laughs> stuff still happening. <laughs> obviously, we're doing on this. Uh, the other thing which uh, has been happening is that I am playing a character called uh, Love Day Spragans for a show called What's Your Role? Where essentially, uh, for their ad break, we play bards against Humanities, and I just turn up as a drunk elf bard who just sort of shouts various <laughs> various like cards against humanities things and Last night, I did my first live bit as I crashed into a live podcast recording. And it seemed to go very well. <laughs> I, I had a minor oh, panic. Yeah, I, I had, because I, because um, Jimmy who runs it was like, oh, you know, it'd be great if you could come. I was like, great, do I need to dress up? And they went, oh, you didn't, but yes. So I dressed up and then I was waiting for like 30 minutes. And I was like, I'm really nervous now. I've got a full get up, proper makeup, got like a big cloak on, I'm really hot. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then, as ryan knows i just appear into these things and i'm like hello and they're like oh my god who is this person
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'd love it if they didn't actually know you were going to do that
0: they didn't apparently like because we usually pre-record stuff so it's it actually worked really well like i i i know a couple of the people that he was uh jimmy was interviewing so suddenly there was a sort of i go hello and do my my whole bit and just in the chat i just saw people going oh, fiona and i'm like replying back, <laughs> replying back i don't know who fiona is like <laughs> So, so, please <laughs> check that out. That's what, uh, what's your role uh, on various podcasting platforms as well.
1: Lovely. Great. I shall. I shall check it out imminently.
0: Oh, oh, you. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time then.
1: See you later. Bye.
0: Bye.